Chapter 2 An Emenagogue Decoction Take roots of smallage, two ounces, calamus aromaticus, bayberries, each two drams, zeduary, cubebs, each one dram and a half, mace, two scruples, gallingale, grains of paradise, each half a scruple, dittany of Crete, penny royal, each one handful, boil in water, one quart, and white wine, one pint to twenty-eight ounces. When it's strained, add tincture of saffron, made in treacle water, one ounce. Syrup of steckers, three ounces, mix. It excites a new orgasm in the mass of blood and forcing it briskly into the uterine arteries opens the extremities of the vessels. Other girls of my blood and station found the life of the convent quite convivial. Not I. I soon found out my mistake and regretted it bitterly. The seductions of God were short-lived in my hard little heart. Worse, I realized that now I had professed myself as a nun, my parents had every excuse to leave me there. I lacerated myself with rabid recriminations. How had I been so stupid, so blind? Despite my high status and kind treatment, I chafed against everything. I could not bear to be there. I began to play them up, to behave as badly as I dared. I was forcibly escorted by different nuns to prime, terse, sext, non, vespers and complain. Impeccably devout nuns were made responsible for shaking me awake in the dead hours for matins. The nuns who accompanied me to the choir stalls chanted continuous, breathy meditations on the glories of the virginal state. Some had their hair cut off and kept for them until their death in caskets such as my parents had sent me. I shuddered to conjure the image of that moment, when the nuns' aged corpses would be reunited with their young hair, for it would be buried with them. This so that they might go to their wedding night with God, all intact. I could not rid myself of the grotesque vision of their avid, aged faces, toothless as lampreys, curtained by their thirteen-year-old curls, awaiting their deflowering at his hands. They were all thirteen, in their minds, forever, sealed into adolescent behavior. The natural appetites which were arising in them then were trapped just at the moment when they should be set free. With their primal urges stoppered up inside them, and not even softened by familial affections, they lived the rest of their lives enacting highly charged little melodramas, setting up rivalries and unleashing trails of poisoned whispers, just like a cancerous cluster of spiteful schoolgirls. One morning, I lost control of myself and confronted two of the smuggest nuns, eyes uplifted and faces alight with their own superiority over fleshly things. I hissed at them. Chastity! All it means is that you think continually about the opposite. They cast their eyes down, refusing to meet mine. They exchanged glances under the demure shadows of their lids. They would take pleasure in reporting my unseemly outburst.
Yet I knew there were others, like myself, among these women. Unwilling nuns who had taken no internal vow of chastity. And, like me, they were all perfectly aware of the fact that the sexual enclosure of the Venetian convents might, with a little cleverness, be ruptured, and in no nunnery more so than at San Zaccaria. The city would have preferred a little more virginity in her nuns, but shrugged her shoulders. Those unruly instincts, if they could not be contained, must be managed. Blind eyes were turned where open eyes might lead to inconvenient scandal. Everyone knows that a man is the only way out of a convent, and after two months as a monica at San Zaccaria, with not the merest sign of mercy from my parents, I was already making my own plans. I would be happy to leave on the arm of the first...